This is a special edition of PFTOT. Memo to all the teams out there contemplating big moves. We'd appreciate it if you do it while we're on the air. Don't force us to come back after we've shut down for the day. We're back. He's Chris Sims. I'm Mike Florio. And we're back because the Carolina Panthers reportedly have made a coaching hire. The three primary candidates were Eric Bieniemy, Josh McDaniels, and Matt Rule. And the winner is... Matt Rule, the Baylor head coach, going to Carolina. Your first thoughts on that decision, Chris? Well, shocking. One, I had been I had been hearing and believing that kind of Josh McDaniels was the leader in the clubhouse in Carolina. Two, the other thing we know, Mike, I think you know this as well, all signs were pointing towards people in the know in the NFL were telling you Matt Rule to the New York Giants that he was the number one candidate on the Giants, you know, search list. So this is a huge shakeup. This is big time. I mean, Matt Rule was supposed to go, what, interview for the Giants job tomorrow? He doesn't even get there, get out of the building in Carolina. So I guess that's where I'm shocked. That's the way you do it, though. If that's the guy you want, you got to get the deal done before he leaves because once he's gone, he may never come back. So what do you think Matt Rule will bring to the Carolina Panthers based upon what we've seen from him primarily, if not almost exclusively, but for a one-year stint as offensive line coach with the Giants at the college level. Yeah, well, yeah, he knows how to build a team. He does have great experience really throughout the coaching roster, really, right? That's what's kind of unique about Matt Rule. I mean, he's coached a little bit on everything on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And I think that's proven to be one of his strengths by the way he built Temple and Baylor. So to me, this also almost says, too, that Carolina was impressed with his vision on building a team and what he sees and things like that. I think that's what it speaks to. And I was told by somebody, Mike, who's in the know, too, that they made him a huge salary offer. I mean, something basically where they said, like, he couldn't walk out of the building and say no. And as we know, David Tepper has more money than, you know, he knows what to do with. And I think he didn't penny pinch, penny pinch here and just went for it. But I think that's the thing that they probably like, Mike. He's a real football coach. He's not political. He's kind of an in-your-face, no-nonsense, no-BS type of guy. And he obviously understands how to build a program. And it sounds like Carolina thinks they need some building there. And that's an intriguing angle because David Tepper, one of the richest owners, there is no salary cap for coaches. But over the years, there's been kind of a loose sense that owners limit how much they pay coaches with Bill Belichick being the one exception. If if you start having some of these rich owners blow up the pay scale, some of the other owners are not going to be happy about it because that starts an arms race at a position where there is no limit on how much you pay your coaching staff. All right. Now that rule is the coach in Carolina, the first question is going to be, what does he do with the most important job on the field? Does he want Cam Newton, who is still a very good quarterback, but can't stay healthy? Yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, I would want Cam Newton. I would, if I'm Matt rule, I, I don't know what his thoughts are here. I got no inside info. Now, do you want Cam Newton and then start going, okay, we also have to think of the future or maybe finding another backup that's a similar skill set to Cam Newton in case he does get hurt. Maybe you're happy with what you have there already with Kyle Allen. I don't know. But, you know, I understand Cam Newton banged up and things like that. I get it. And he's getting at that age where you start to wonder, will it be an every year type of thing? But this is a guy that seems to have great pride in taking care of his body. He's a great competitor and he's got great talent. 
And there's just not a lot of people out there that you can say all those things about with Cam Newton. He's a special, special talent. And I would think if he wants to get this thing off in the right way, you'd keep Cam Newton, stay in the good graces of the fans of Charlotte and Carolina Panthers in general, and you try to build something around him here for one last push in his career. There's a lot of factors that are going to go into that decision, one of which will be whether and to what extent they get trade offers from other teams. And there will be plenty of quarterbacks available in free agency. So I don't know what kind of an offer they may get from a team like the Chargers, which I think would be perfect for Cam Newton for football and for business reasons. But I think that's part of it. Matt Rule has to look at this very dispassionately. This is a business decision. What do we get out of Cam Newton as a player if we keep him? And the salary for 2020 is very affordable. If Cam Newton is not banging on the door for a contract extension, $19 million, I think, is the Ooh, total payout. That, right. That's nothing in nothing. comparison to the top of the market. But, but that makes it more tradable, too, and could make him more attractive to another team. So I think you play it coy, and you sit back and you wait, and you see what happens. But ultimately, the preferences of Matt Rule will be a factor. Does he want Cam Newton? Does he want someone else? And that's the first big decision, most important position on the field. And Rule's going to have to decide what his vision is for the offense. And also, short-term, long-term, right? Do you want one year with Cam Newton or do you want more than one year with Cam Newton? Would you rather start building with someone else? That's the. I think that's where you you got me thinking here. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're talking about, yeah, maybe building something else with a guy who's famous for rebuilding, right? So maybe that is the play. You know, now that you sit here and you continue to digest this, Maybe it is, you know, yeah, play coy, maybe get a king's ransom in a trade, and that helps you start your rebuild or however the vision of your team is. So there's some different angles here. He certainly has some options, and that's always good as a head coach. There's talent on the roster, yet some assets to play with. And, 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 and Mike, the other thing that I think is really, like, intriguing about this thing is just a ripple effect here. What happens with the Giants? I think this really increases the chances that Josh McDaniels goes back home and becomes the Cleveland Browns head coach now that this happened. I really do. I'd be shocked, actually, if Josh McDaniels is not the head coach of the Browns in a few days here. It makes too much sense to me. He liked Baker Mayfield coming out in the draft. They got all the offensive talent for an offensive head coach to kind of get his career started the right way. But that's the other part about this Matt Rule surprise hiring. I just didn't expect this to happen today with Carolina. This is shocking to me. Yeah, and for those of you who didn't hear us earlier today on PFT Live, we had kind of gotten to the point where for Josh McDaniels, it was the Carolina Panthers or the Cleveland Browns with a sense that the Giants simply wasn't going to be a fit because of the presence of GM Dave Gettleman. Right. So now with the Panthers off the table, Josh McDaniels has to ask himself, am I willing to go to Cleveland even though Chief Strategy Officer Paul D. Podesta is there whispering in ownership's ear, can McDaniels make a power play and get D. Podesta bumped out of the organization or diminish his influence? Those are going to be key factors because yeah. if you're giving McDaniels the keys, right. it has to be the full set of keys. Yes. It has to open every lock. It can't just be some of them, and you can't have a presence in the organization that may cut against what McDaniels is trying to do. Uh, agreed. You know, I just can't even imagine Josh McDaniels taking a job unless, like you're saying, he's given the full set of keys, especially where he's coming from you know new england he knows the process what it takes all the little details and stones that need to be overturned to build a really good football team he's not going to want like you're saying a difference in philosophical building or scouting or whatever it may be in the building he's not going to want to deal with that 
And there's been enough civil war and dysfunction in Cleveland. They need one voice and a guy that can control it. And I think Josh McDaniels is the guy. I mean, to me, it just makes too much sense. And plus, I mean, who better to kind of break the jinx of Cleveland Browns than a guy who grew up in Cleveland? I mean, to me, it just seems like the stars are lining up. Odell Beckham Jr. wanted to play in New England. Now New England's going to come to him. I mean, that to me just would be uh, amazing. One last point I want to make, though, about Cam Newton to yeah. kind of circle back. We can't overlook what he wants, right? That's what, right. What the Panthers want is part of this. What Matt Rule wants is part of this. But if Cam Newton just doesn't want to be there anymore, you, you can't have an effective offense if your starting quarterback isn't all in. That's and very And willing real. to come in and put in the work and be the leader that you need. If he just folds his arm and says, I want out, you got to accommodate that. Now, you know, there's a certain amount of playing ball that you have to do if you're the quarterback who's trying to engineer your way out of town because I don't think he wants to alienate people in Carolina. But if he thinks it's time to move on, if he wants certain, if he wants a new contract, I think he needs to send that message, and that's going to be a huge factor in what the Panthers ultimately do, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I think that is a phenomenal point. You're exactly right. you got to gauge where Cam Newton's head at, is at in this situation and, and really – uh, you know, now that you say it, that probably should be the first order of business for Matt Rule here in the next week or two is to have that sit down face to face with Cam Newton. Do you want to be here? This is how I coach. This is the way things are going to be. What do you think? Do you want to be a Panther? Do you believe in me? Do you want to invest more time of your life into the Carolina Panthers? And if he gets the answer he wants, yeah, maybe he keeps them. If not, maybe they part ways and that just gives Carolina Panthers more assets. And I think Newton will know right away, right? If Rule shows up with a bottle of wine and a box of cigars, then I think Newton knows Deal. that uh, this guy's serious <laughs> about making me happy. Right. All right. Well, uh, it would make us very happy if there are no further coaching hires for the rest of the day. You're and at we home. Can... Stop acting <laughs> like this is a struggle for you. I got I to gotta glue my toupee back on. I got to put on makeup. I got to put my clothes back on. I got to put my pants back on. Not that I need them to do this. But anyway, we, uh, we, we, I'm, I'm glad that we have the capacity to do this as needed because you never know when one of these jobs is going to pop up. Chris, thanks for jumping back on. And everybody, check us out all day long for reaction to this move and everything else going on in the NFL, profootballtalk.com. See you tomorrow. This is an extra special edition of PFT. OT. Quit hiring coaches, teams. We got other things to do. We can't stop everything we're doing and rush back to the studio. We talked earlier today, Chris Sims, Mike Florio here with you about the Panthers hiring Matt Rule. Now, another domino falls. The Giants hire Patriots special teams coordinator and for one year receivers coach Joe Judge. Immediate reaction from you, Chris Sims. Uh, I mean, a little shocked. I can't lie. One, I mean, from everything I knew from people in the NFL, I thought Joe Judge was heading to Mississippi State to become the head coach there. So that was the first thing that shocked me. Second off, I guess the other thing that shocked me, Mike, and I don't know how you feel about this, but, you know, I'm just shocked by this seemed like, okay, Matt Rule got hired in the Giants. We got to hurry up and hire our guy. Like, what was the rush, I guess, is what I really want to say, is the next, the next thing. Now, Joe Judge, I know him. I was in New England with him. He was a special teams assistant at the time. Is he head coach material? Certainly. Do I know if he was ready to take over NFL head coaching, coaching duties right now? No, I have some questions about that. I definitely do. 
Yeah, and I, I think that there was a connection there based upon what we've seen, that the back and forth, Matt Rule getting a big offer, and we'll talk about that in a minute from the Carolina Panthers, shopping it back to the Giants for the Giants willing to match it. And, you know, it sounds like each side's going to try to make it look like they made the choice. The Giants chose Judge over Rule, and Rule chose the Panthers over the Giants. But it could be that the Giants and Rule wanted to work something out and ultimately couldn't because of money. Right. And David Tepper was able to get Matt Rule away from the Giants. But even once you take Matt Rule out of the mix, the idea that Joe Judge was the fallback is a surprise. But it's heartening because I've been saying for a long time now, special teams coordinators should be mentioned more yes, often should be. as potential head coaches. Look at John Harbaugh. Yeah. Right? You bring the whole team together. You're used to coaching guys from both sides of the ball. And you don't let – that ego take over because you have a system for offense or defense. No, you don't need a system. You just come up with a playbook based upon who your players are. That's what Harbaugh's done on offense with Lamar Jackson. It's worked for over a decade. And I hope Joe Judge does well because if he does, then it opens the door for more special teams coordinators. Well, agreed with you there. I, I think that this needs to be an avenue more, you know, dissected into as far as, yes, you don't need to be a young offensive genius to be a head coach in the NFL. You know, you know, yes, we've seen that. And Bill Belichick, he made his way as a special teams coach. So, you know, it is interesting. And from everything I know, Mike, just to talk about the first point you brought up, from everything I know from people around the NFL, Matt Rule was offered this deal by the Carolina Panthers, gave the Giants the chance to match it. But as we know, and we'll talk about it more, it sound, the deal in Carolina is – an epic deal. I mean, I, I mean, this, we just coaches don't make this kind of money, especially first time NFL head coaches. So I think that's where it's shocking, but back to the Joe judge thing. Yes, I'm with you. I, there's more to than just X's and O's and Oh, I know how to get a wide receiver open. We've talked about this over the last few weeks. Some coaches can just go in there and go, hey, we get to attack this. I know how to hire a great offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator. Here's the weakness of this team. Now you guys figure out the game plan. You know, there's a lot of coaches that have been successful over over time doing those type of things. And also what I think is like, you know, I, I would think the Maras must have got a very strong endorsement from Bill Belichick about Joe Judge. Uh, because the Maras, uh, as we know, there's great respect. I think there's still a lot of communication between them and Belichick. And uh, I don't know, this just sounds, there just seems to me like Belichick must have gave a very great review of Joe Judge that, probably helped the Maras and the Giants organization come to this conclusion as well. Yeah, because it is a surprise. Joe Judge isn't a name that popped up on other radar screens. The Browns weren't interested. And it was down to the Browns and the Giants once the Panthers' job is filled. But, you know, there's value in getting your job officially filled and done so you can start filling out your staff. And one of the first moves for the Giants could be, if Jason Garrett is interested, talking to him about becoming the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants. He wanted to be the head coach. He may have to settle for this. And if he wants to work this year, this may be all he can get. What do you think of Jason Garrett running an offense that has guys like Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones? Well, I, I, I don't, I got no problem with that. I get it. I mean, one, if I'm Jason Garrett, I think this is going to be the avenue he has to take to repair his image a little bit. If he ever wants to be a head coach once again, show, Hey, look at me. I still know offense. I've improved my offense and things like that. Yes, two, from the Giants perspective and a guy like Joe Judge, you know, we've seen this already in, in, in the recent, you know, the recent past. 
It's not totally crazy. You know, Sean McVay got a job. Hey, ex-head coach Wade Phillips, come out here and be my defensive coordinator. Takes one thing off the plate of a guy who's a first-time head coach. So that would make sense from that standpoint. I would understand that. And I think Jason Garrett certainly smart enough, respectful enough to know his place as the offensive coordinator and do what the head coach asks him to do and, and try to do his best calling plays and, and with game plan design. One thing we know about Jason Garrett, he will submit to authority. He did it for a decade Very true. in Dallas, even though he was the head coach. And the idea of working for someone considerably younger than you as the head coach, hey, after dealing with Jerry and Stephen Jones, he can do anything. I don't know that the move is going to be celebrated in New York if it happens. But, you know, how do you think Giants fans are going to react to Joe Judge? Chris, deep down, you're a Giants fan. What yeah. was your thought when you heard that he's going to have the job? Um, you know, I, listen, I know Joe Judge, so I was excited just from that standpoint. I mean, I got to see and be around him on a daily basis. Again, is another guy that, you know, you don't stay in New England and become the special teams coordinator unless you're on top of your game and have great energy on a day-to-day -day basis. And I mean, come on, how many games over the last few years have we seen the Patriots win or, you know, pull even because of their special teams? So this is a guy that understands the game, and that's where I'm excited. Now, the Giants fans, I, 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 don't, I think they're going to be underwhelmed by this. I think there's going to be a little bit of like, who? What is this guy? This doesn't seem right. You know, why did we make this quick and rash of a decision? I think there's going to be a lot of that. I think the one thing, though, that'll make the Giants fans sleep easy at night is, okay, he did come from New England and he worked for Bill Belichick. He can't be that stupid. He's got to have something smart about him. And I think that's where they'll be able to swallow this. But I don't think this is going to be like a love affair or a love at first sight type of thing. And it'll be interesting to see if we ever find out how much Joe Judge is getting paid because it sounds like the Giants would have had, could have had Rule. As you mentioned, they just weren't willing to match what David Tepper was willing to pay to Matt Rule. And, and that raises a very intriguing dynamic that doesn't get discussed, discussed much. I think the NFL and the owners prefer that it never be discussed. Right. And that is how much money coaches make. And I'm told the top guys in the sport are slightly north of $15 million a year. But it never gets communicated that way to the league office. There are different ways of paying the money through LLCs and whatnot. So the official number that's on file with the league is never as high as it really is. No. Because they don't want – a couple of things. They don't want to get the PR flack that they're paying these guys too much, and they don't want the curve to be blown wide open right. with guys like Matt Rule at the entry level getting $9 million a year with the ability to push it to $10 million a year. That this is a first year coaches are in the range of five to seven million a year. This is a huge jump, huge, and it's gonna and it's gonna have ripple effects for other guys who get hired now. Like it's gonna cost the Browns more to hire a coach. And what about guys like Kyle Shanahan who have a six year contract in place, three years in, three years left? He's gonna look at Matt Rule and say, "What the hell? This guy's making nine million. He's never done anything. I'm taking you to the Super Bowl potentially. It's time for me to get a raise." Well, yeah. And Jed York could say to him, "You're under contract for three more years, Kyle. Sorry." Yeah, no, you're you're right. This kind of throws everything, uh, you know, for for a loop a little bit. And a guy like Kyle Shanahan, yeah, if he go goes and wins the Super Bowl with the 49ers, I'm sure he's gonna look at his owner and be like, "Hey, there's this guy across the country who." doesn't have as many pellets on the horse as I do, and he's making more money than me. It doesn't make sense. Um, but you're right, Mike. I mean, I think this is a very unknown, under-the-radar thing in football. 
I know a few coaches and have known them through the years who I know they made more money than what the public knew or what the NFL knew. There's many avenues to pay these head coaches. A lot of these owners have other businesses, so they can also pay them through that, and it doesn't go on the bottom line through the franchise that way too. So this has always gone on, and I get it, but you're right. For the first, first-time hirings, you know, we've seen more towards the four and six million dollars a year for those type of coaches to go nine million with seven years. I mean, if you sign a seven year deal, you're pretty much guaranteed you're going to get four years for sure to coach that football team, no matter what happens. And I know David Tepper has got more money than he knows what to do with, but I think even a guy like him is not going to just give guys some five years of free salary and fire them after two years. So that's where it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, my, I mean, what's your, your guess, like Belichick, Sean Payton, Andy Reed, I would think are all making Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll are, are all making way more money than we really think they are. Like I would think they're all North or at least hovering around that $15 million a year range. Right. Yeah. And you're right with no salary cap. There's no accountability. You can pay the guy, whatever you want, and you can communicate the lower number to the league. And it's not like they're going to sniff around and see if you're paying him extra. Right. They don't care right. if you're paying him extra. And a couple of other guys, that, that I think are intriguing in this regard. Sean McVay, who did his extension before the season, he probably wishes he'd waited yeah, now right? until after Matt Rule did his contract. And what about your guy, John Gruden? 10 years, $100 million. Sounded great at the time, but he's locked in for 10 freaking years at, at an average of $10 million a year with a lot of it backloaded. And, you know, if he ever turns it around and he got close this year and he's, he's being passed by by guys who are new to coaching in the NFL and he's got a Super Bowl ring, that's a thing that can cause some problems. But that that's that's the downside of taking security. Yeah. When you take that – Matt Rule could be in the same boat. He signed up for seven years. Five years from now, yeah. maybe – maybe the market is 15 million a year for the guys who are just getting started. I mean, it's amazing to me. Nick Foles, all due respect, is making 22 million a year. Right. If you've got 22 million in a given year to spend, are you spending it on Nick Foles or Bill Belichick? Yeah, that's it's a right. no brainer. That's right. It's a no brainer. You're exactly right. And that's how it should be justified. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these coaches, they're the stars of the franchise in a lot of ways. So, you know, and it's hard you know, to ask that, okay, star of the franchise, you're the general of all my players and everything like that. But meanwhile, you're going to coach a guy who's making three times more than you or four times more than you and all of that. That doesn't make sense either. So, yeah, I mean, they should be paid more or at least something comparable or respectable as compared to what guys in the locker room are being paid as well. I understand they're never going to get quarterback money and $35 million a year or anything like that, but they also don't want to look up and go, and, man, the backup linebacker is making as much as me, and he's, you know, he's working in this building like – 20% of the time as compared to my, you know, 110 hour weeks that I put in as a head coach. So I get it. I'm not mad. These coaches make great sacrifices that way. Just crazy to see a first timer out of college come in and get this type of contract. Okay. So before we power down and inevitably wait for the Browns to announce their next head coach Josh later McDaniels, today and come back and do it again, <laughs> let's spend a minute or two talking about what we think the Browns will do moving forward on one hand look it was good for them they weren't in the Matt Rule business because Matt Rule wasn't in the Cleveland Browns business and they weren't going to hire Joe Judge so 
the, the only guy they lost that they were interested in so far this cycle was Mike McCarthy. Right. So they get their pick of who's left. The music has stopped, and there's one chair without an ass in it. The problem is these other staffs are going to start to fill up. So you better get a coach in place who can convince guys to join him in yeah, Cleveland that's right. instead of Joe Judge in New York or Matt Rule in Charlotte. That is a little of the, yes, you're right, part of this race now. It's the arms race to get assistance, do things like that. You know, to me, Mike, you've heard my thoughts on this. I think it should be Josh McDaniels. I hope it is Josh McDaniels. Uh, it makes the most sense. I mean, from so many different angles. I mean, Josh, you're talking about an organization that's dysfunctional and not stable. And McDaniels is the very opposite of that. You know, he's very functional, been part of a functional organization, very stable organization that understands how to run and be stable consistently day in, day out, year after year. And he's from Cleveland. Who better to reverse the curse in Cleveland than a guy from Cleveland? And we know he like Baker Mayfield and just all the things line up to me to where I, I just I would be shocked if some, somewhere here in the next 24 hours, we don't hear Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And here's the thing. If I'm negotiating the contract on behalf of Josh McDaniels, obviously Ooh. I'm looking for 10 million a year at a minimum to start. And I want at least six years, fully guaranteed, yes. no offset. I want the Kyle Shanahan term. Right. So I'm not going to get thrown out the door prematurely by Jimmy Haslam, who changes his mind as often as I change my socks, if not more frequently, as the case may be, depending okay. upon how nice the socks are. But uh, I, I, I also want to have built in there, and I think coaches need to start thinking about this, the ability to make more based on what other coaches are making. Yeah, Again, right. the problem is so much of this stuff is off the books. I think maybe the time has come for it to be no longer off the books. They need to report real numbers to the NFL because I think it's in my interest if I lock in for six or seven years to have the ability to say I must always be in the top 25% of all coaches uh, and you don't know what that is unless you know how much they're making. But I'd want yeah. something creative like that if I'm Josh McDaniels. And he's in the driver's seat if he's the guy they want. Hey, you're right. He's in the driver's seat. There's no doubt if he is the guy they want. And, I mean, it does seem like that. I mean, I don't know, Mike. Do you got a – is there another name or gut feeling you have that makes sense for Cleveland or anything? To me right now, it just seems like it's all going in that direction. Here's the name that gives me reason to not – have a strong feeling one way or the other. And the right. name is Jimmy Haslam. Because yeah. I don't know what the hell the guy's going to do. Yeah. And let me throw in Paul DePodesta as well. Because the question is, how much influence does he have over the process? Somebody reported last week that he's running the coaching search. And then the Browns pushed back and said, well, no, the Haslams are running the coaching search. DePodesta is just coordinating. Well, how much sway does he have? He's the guy who's setting the table with all of the various meal options. He can present one in a way that is more pleasing than another. And smart people like that know how to set it up to get the person who's making the choice where to pick and let them think it was their choice. And I, I think that that's a wild card in all of this. And it may I be the thing fair, that scares yeah. Josh McDaniels away, right? Yes. He doesn't want to get himself into a mess. He can't be wrong this time. No, exactly. And he, can't say, he can't change his mind. And once he's there, he's there. So he better be damn sure this job is going to be what he expects it to be. And he's not going to be interfered with by Haslam or by DePodest. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that's the, the big point, right? I mean, this is his last chance. I mean, he, he had a first chance with Denver. It didn't go well for a lot of different reasons. Not all Josh McDaniels fall, but you're right. This is it. If it doesn't work this time, he'll be relegated to 
position coach, offensive coordinator for the rest of his career. That's what he'll be. So, and the other thing, you know, just knowing Josh and now like what you said, seeing Matt rule, what we saw with Kyle Shanahan, I just would have a hard time thinking Josh isn't going to want full control. He's going to want full control, just like Matt rule was granted. And he's going to want to put his stamp on the way he thinks things should be built and his vision and everything like that. And how much of an impediment is that in the Cleveland Browns organization? I don't know. That, that, that is the million-dollar question. Uh, but I think if they want Josh McDaniels, they're probably going to have to relinquish and give him all the power he wants. And to me, football-wise, everything about it, he just makes the most sense for Cleveland. And uh, I'm kind of rooting for it at this point. I kind of want to see it done. And, and you want the deal to carry enough guaranteed money so if it doesn't work out, you never have to work again. Your kids never have to work. You know, it gets you to your F you, I'm walking away. Right. I don't need this right. anymore. In the event that after you're done, you just choose to get out of it altogether, you'd want that. And I think he's in a position to ask for that because of who he is, what he's done, and how badly – the Browns have bungled the last decade of their existence, the last two decades, really, of their existence. Yeah, no, exactly right. And uh, I think that's the goal for any head football coach. And, yeah, it just uh, – it's crazy day. Um, and I just wonder if we're going to be back here in a few minutes talking about him being hired as the Cleveland Browns head coach. Well, the good news for you is I'm recording PFTPM in two hours with MDS. So – it's going to have to happen quickly for you to get tapped on the shoulder again and said, get your ass back in there so we can do a third edition of PFTOT. Chris, thanks to you. No problem. I know you like to tap, tap my ass. I know you do. <laughs> really? Really? We've been very good. We've been very well behaved. Yes. And yes. I've got nothing to say to that. Uh, tap you on the shoulder. That's Thank it. You. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, I, I really am speechless. At That's this point. it for us on PFTOT. Continue to check in at profootballtalk.com all day long. We will keep you updated with all the news and updates that go along with the NFL. Mike is flummoxed right now because I've flustered him, right? So that's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow uh, on PFT live in the morning, 7 a.m. Eastern to 9 a.m. Eastern. Did I do okay? Bye. Bye. Well done. Okay. <sighs> 